2023, I've made 127,000 straight from Instagram. Jaden Kennedy, a real estate agent out of the Durham region who is absolutely killing it when it comes to producing content on social media. One thing that completely changed the game for me, last year I spent $100 a month on boosting my content and I saw that it was gaining a bit of traction. I said, you know what, what happens if I, you know, 10X this? She quickly went from 2,000 to 25,000 followers. And I get it, what do followers even mean if you're not making money? So I started investing $1,000 a month, right? Yes. And I started realizing I was making way more than a thousand dollars a month i see a lot of realtors they're boosting their content but it doesn't have that sticky factor if i'm being really honest as a content creator myself and this is just my opinion 98 percent of the content that i see from real estate agents suck you want to catch people's attention and have them watch for at least 10 seconds so that you get boosted on the algorithm. I just think you have to put out content speed and volume and the third one's quality. I probably change my hook about 10 times before I find wow. the perfect one. It's more about just nurturing. And then eventually yes. there comes a point where, once again, I don't sell. Someone will just be like, you know what? You crossed my mind. I'm thinking of buying a house. I want to work with you. Jaden, I want to know how much you've made from social media transactions to this date since you started. I'll give oh, you no, my 2023 no, no. Yes, number. Yeah, with 2023 uh, number. 2023, I've made 127,000 straight from Instagram. And sure. that's not including anything else. No referrals from outside, just Instagram. Just Instagram, straightly, mostly from Reels. Wow, that's crazy. So I'm going to get into the depth of your content strategy because I've been watching you for a while now and I see that your, um, your numbers are growing. So for example, when I wrote my questions for you, I checked it this morning. It was October 5th okay. and you were at 15,000 followers. Mm -hmm. Today you're at 21,000. Yes. So I was like, wow. So I had to go change my notes. I was like, oh shit, she climbed even more. I love right? that, yes. So let's talk about how you went from two to 21. Okay, sounds <laughs> good. What do we want to know? I want to know like how it started. Why did you decide to even like start the social media thing as mm -hmm. a realtor? Mm -hmm. Because I do think a lot of realtors neglect their social media. So what started it for you? Mm -hmm. I think that being new in the industry, it's already an oversaturated industry. There's 70,000 realtors only in Toronto. I said, how can I make myself stand apart and also add credibility? Because when you're newer, some people don't necessarily know the amount of knowledge that you have. Uh, so I knew that social media was was going to be my way to do that. Um, I know that there's a lot of realtors who don't leverage the power of social media. So I said, let me go on. Let me put out educational, valuable content to make myself stand out. Because I feel like a lot of realtors, they're posting the selfies, taking pictures beside their Lambos. But how is that really helping people? And how is that motivating them to work with you? So what would you say what separates your content from, let's say, John, the realtor? What, why are people gravitated towards you right now? I think people gravitate towards me because number one, I'm real. I'm myself <laughs> yeah. and um, it resonates with a lot of people. Some people it doesn't resonate with, but that's okay because they're just not meant to be my client. Um, but also just taking the educational approach and making complex topics easy to understand because real estate is something that can go over people's head easily. Um, and sometimes people prematurely get into contracts with professionals who don't necessarily educate them on the process and then they end up getting shot in the foot in the long run. So mm. yeah, that's basically it. It's, it's funny. <laughs> how you said that because I, I i i tagged you and i tagged royston in one of my recent videos and i said you know think like a genius and talk like a seventh grader or something like that yes and that's what i noticed about your content that stands out to me is that you can break down complex concepts in very simple 
language, easy to understand. You get it, your charisma's there, and it's just easy to engage in your content. And I can see that within your comments. I was checking out your stuff this morning. I'm like, oh, 120 comments. Jeez. <laughs> and that's the thing too, I think, because we're probably going to get into just like metrics and stuff like that. But a lot of realtors, they get onto social media and their goal is to have the most amount of views. Like if we're being real, we can buy views, yeah. right? It yes, doesn't matter fair. how many views you have. It's more the, not even the likes, it's the comments, the shares and the saves, because that's going to tell Instagram, hey, this is actual valuable content. Let's push it up in the algorithm. So whenever I'm putting out content, I I want to see content that's going to stick. I don't want to put out content where people are just going to like it. I want them to genuinely feel like I need to save this and reference it another day. So good. Uh, that's a good point that you mentioned. Let's get into it. How do you evaluate your metrics right now? Yes. Yeah, so um, one thing that completely changed the game for me, I'll let you know, is you were able to boost your content, right? What does that mean? What does that uh, mean? So you're able to, at the bottom of your content, if you're a business profile, mm -hmm. um, you can click boost and you can essentially spread your content out to however many people it is that you want. Uh, so you can budget, for example, $5 a day, $10 a day. The issue with, for example, real estate, housing, there's discriminatory laws. So you can't just click, oh, I want to target 35 to 40 year olds within Toronto you have to let Instagram sort of do Figure its thing. It out. <laughs> uh, but Instagram has been doing its thing. I think that it targets people better than I would. Um, so I, I'll just be completely frank because I know it's an open conversation. Last year, I spent $100 a month on boosting my content and I saw that it was gaining a bit of traction. I said, you know what? What happens if I, you know, 10x this. So I started investing $1,000 a month, right? Yes. And I started realizing I was making way more than a thousand dollars a month yeah. from just boosting that content. But once again, it has to be valuable content. I see a lot of realtors, they're boosting their content, but it doesn't have that sticky factor. So they're essentially just throwing money out there. Um, but if you choose the right, I guess, topics, it's really going to stick. So going back to boosting. Oh, yeah, no, 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 thing. go ahead, um, go ahead. Yeah, so back to boosting. Once you boost your, your content, you can get an idea of how many people saw it, how long they're watching it for, how many people shared it, etc., cetera, um, and how many people as a whole have been exposed to this content in addition to where they are located, right? Mm. So the majority of my people or consumers are in Ontario and in the GTA between the age ranges of, I'd say, 20 to 35, which is exactly where I want to hit. Okay, amazing. So you mentioned mentioned uh, a word and yes. you mentioned sticky content, yes. right? What makes sticky content for you? For me, it's number one, just being myself, being relatable, right? People don't want to, we have such short attention spans right now. If you're boring, people are not going to want to watch you, right? So you want to make sure that you hit them with energy and you hit them with a banger in the beginning, right? So I'm a little bit controversial sometimes. Some people say, oh, interest rates are high. It's not a good time to buy. And I'm going on Instagram saying, you guys, interest rates are high. Get into the market now. And then I explain why. So mm -hmm. you want to catch people's attention and have them watch for at least 10 seconds so that you get boosted on the algorithm. And the way that you're going to do that is by presenting yourself in a unique way and also having someone of a controversial catch to really keep people's attention. Okay, I love that you brought that up because with my clients, I emphasize on the hook. Like for mm -hmm. me, uh, the hook is the most important part, right? 100%. And I have, um, I have encouraged kind of controversial hooks, but with, with content, context yeah. and respect, right? Yes. How are you creating your hooks? Because I, I want to hear it from you before I say how I kind of create you mine. Create, so I'm going to be honest. I feel like writing reels is an art. 
Okay. But at the beginning, it's not going to be artistic, right? It's going to be very choppy. But as you continue to sort of hone in on your practice and become consistent, it becomes a lot more natural. So what I'll do is I'll actually write out all of my reels. I write them out. So I'll write it out and then I'll say, okay, what part of this would catch people's attention the most? And from there, I'll make a title. I probably change my hook about 10 times before I find wow. the perfect one. But you want to make sure that whatever you put out is going to wow. grab the people, right? So that's your script writing process. Yes. So do you, are you like for the bulk of your, I'm going to go back to the hook in a second, okay. but for the bulk of your hook, are, are you, do you have a framework or are you kind of just, you're just writing, you're free flowing? No, I'm just free flowing. It really depends because I feel like a lot of realtors putting or even mortgage people putting content out right now, it's just a little too structured. It has to be sort of natural. So I think about people's pain points and I say, what pain points can I address? If it makes more sense doing it this way, then I'll do it that way or I'll switch it up. Like I said, I probably switch up my whole thing at least 15 times and then I'm sending it out to my mom, my best friend and Ooh. another friend. And I'm saying, guys, Tell me what you think about this. What should I change? And Sometimes, their honest opinions. And their honest opinion, right? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like my ego, a lot of the time, <laughs> I'm like, yo, it took me so long to write this content. But it's like, I'd rather put out content that I know is going to resonate with everyone as opposed to putting it out and not getting the traction that I want. So a key tip that I would give is, you know, get someone else's perspective because at the end of the day, they're the ones consuming the content, mm -hmm. not me, the realtor. Mm -hmm. I might think that something's obvious, but to the regular consumer who doesn't necessarily know a lot about real estate it's not wow so what i'm hearing right now is that your content is going through filters of people yeah. before it hits us yes yes that's amazing that's something i'm gonna even take in for myself so when i guess um i know it's obvious for me but like you are thinking in the from the perspective of your client yeah right yeah and you, obviously you mentioned pain points mm -hmm. how important is um attacking pain points because i always talk mm. to my clients i'm like yo you gotta attack people's pain points mm -hmm. like for example i always I, I give this example i'm like you don't necessarily for me when it comes to like so hooks and pain points i'm like you don't want to say hello oh, here's three tips to lose weight like yeah that, that's boring yeah yeah no, yeah every no one likes to be told what to do yeah you know so i i tell them like switch it up like like maybe say something like um here's three concerns that you should lose weight now. Yes, yes. A lot different, yes, right? Yes. So again, I, even though you touched on it a little bit, uh, I want to emphasize the point of how important knowing your client's pain point is. Yeah, it's, it's crazy important because the thing is, you could put out real estate content and you're talking about, here's three ways to buy a house. And I'm talking about the fact that this is when you go to buy a house, you need to have X, Y, Z in line, right? So having an idea of what to pay attention to versus this is what you need, it's two completely different things. So I'm showing actionable ways to help people get into real estate, right? Because one of the biggest pain points is people do not know how to get into real estate, right? So realtors are posting, oh, this house sold for this much money, but it's like, okay, people don't care about that. People want to know, okay, if the house is sold for this much, how much money do I have to make to be eligible to buy that there house? How much cash do I need in order to buy that house? What are my closing costs, right? So some realtors are just putting out basic content, but I'm then breaking that content down to make it actually uh, like a real situation, a real situation. Right. And I think that that is once again, why my content resonates with other people is because I'm like, Hey, even I, I purchased my own house. I've been through it. I know what you're going through. This is what you need to do in order to not make the same mistakes that I did. Not a lot of realtors are doing that, right? Not realtors don't want to admit that they make mistakes, right? They don't want to show <laughs> yes. the ugly part of yes. the game, but I'm telling you by being genuine and highlighting 
highlighting the mistakes that you've made, you are going to earn a lot more respect and get a lot more business from social media. And you just like kind of brought up one of my questions later, but I'm going to bring it up now. Sorry. Because... Every time I talk about content, yeah. and especially with the clients that I do have, as I said, never appear too perfect yes. online because yeah. that will be your detriment. Like that will yeah. be your downfall. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that you've posted something about like, even though like like when you you got the eye surgery, eye surgery, LASIK. and that that and that that image, I was like, oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I I heard you also talked about. I don't know if it was a tenant problem or something yeah. to do with real estate, and yeah. that was very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I. I recognize that right away. Mm -hmm. So again, how important is it to talk about your losses as well? It's very important because it makes you more personable and it almost sounds a little, um, I don't want to say self-serving, but I found that when I put out vulnerable content, people who are going through the same thing mm -hmm. reach out to me. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even though I think I'm the only one dealing with this, it's like, I'm not, you know? And it sort of builds a little bit of a relationship with those people because you're connecting with them on another level. So if you're comparing me, who's posting about my L's and how I got these driving tickets and this is happening in my family versus another realtor who's only posting, you know, their perfect life. When someone goes to potentially transact with a realtor, they might feel like the other realtor resonates with them more. So they're mm. going to do business with them because people like to do business with the people who they know, like, and trust. Yes. And through social media, people feel like they know me, right? Yeah, yeah. Most people like me, some don't, <laughs> yeah. right? And I build a lot of credibility and trust through my content, which leads to money, right? Fair. So another point, how do you keep your... Uh, how do you be authentic and still yeah. keep your private life, your private life? Yes, that's that's a great question. And that's a, a struggle that I deal with on a regular basis. Um, I just find that when it comes to, say, relationships, that's a touchy subject. Uh, money. You know, honestly, I'm pretty open. If I'm, like, honest, I'm a pretty open person. I don't really feel like there's too much of a line. And that's another thing I just want to mention. A lot of realtors or even mortgage people, when they get onto social media, they say, hey, should I do a business and a personal or should I merge them? And I personally would prefer to just merge them I because agree. I have found that 100% there's some people who would not have followed me on my business account who have referred me clients because they see the amount of work that I put in to my content. So I always recommend recommend merging but yeah there's a fine line there's some realtors out there they post bathing suit pictures right yeah. which is which is fine I personally just don't do that because I want I know the type of people that I'm trying to attract and I'm only using social media from a business perspective everything I do is calculated from the stories I post same I'll give you a little a little thing right yeah. so it's like um I'll give you guys a little nugget I found that when I post um an Instagram story and it's just the reel that I posted I don't get too much engagement on my story. But if I post something controversial, for example, should men pay for the first date? I see right? that other day. Yes. <laughs> no, that got crazy yeah. engagement. And then I sneak a reel in between and then I sandwich it with another can your woman make more than you? Oh. It automatically bleeds that engagement onto your reels, okay. right? Which is going to boost you in the algorithm. So I've realized that leveraging your stories to get more Ooh, eyes on your good. reels is, is paramount. So... So, for example, like, let's yeah. go back to that story. Yeah. So you're doing the controversial story, yes. right? You're posting, like, and you're letting people answer this, that, the third. And yes. let's say you're posting a reel. Yes. Are you then posting that reel to the story as 100%. well? 100%. And then after that, you get the responses? Yes, sir. Also, it's right in between. It's right in between. Because the thing is, if I just post, this is just through trial and error. Yeah. If I just do the poll or whatever, and then the reel... 
the engagement on the reel is not that high, but if I have something else after it that's getting people's engagement again, it naturally brings more people to my story mm. and people are more exposed to my reel and they're going to go to the reel mm-hmm. and then they're going to go back and say, yeah, the woman or the man mm-hmm. should make more money, yeah. right? So, yeah. Okay, interesting because... I I do a story before the reel. Like I get, I give a poll question. Okay, love that. But I, I I do it kind of pertaining to what the reel is about. Mm. But you don't even. It's not even related. Nah. <laughs> See, because the thing is, I I always post about real estate, right? So I like to spice it up on my stories. And my stories is yeah, it's most of the time not real estate related. But when I do want to get, it's hard to come up with content, consistent quality we're gonna, content, we're talk about that. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So okay. I'll, I'll just say, just so I don't forget it, yeah. um, I do polls sometimes on what I should talk about. So I'll get an idea of what would resonate most with my audience. But aside from that, I'm I'm posting some some fun stuff, some <laughs> gifts, some whatever I want to post on my story. Yeah. That's where I show my personality the most. And, and it goes back to the point, like I, I've said this before, is that I think people um, should brand themselves mm. before they brand their business. Mm. Because mm. I think there's just so much more to... Uh, individual than your business. Like if you were just to talk about real estate or just to talk about mortgage and numbers, that could get a little bit repetitive and it could get a little bit boring. Yeah. But now that you're posing all these different questions, they're they're seeing different sides to you. That you are your brand. Yes. And the, yes. then the money follows with your business. Yeah. yeah. It's invaluable. And even when we talk about brand building, it's super cool because now I'm at the point. Like I'm just I'm a re- I'm a millennial realtor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's like um even brand recognition. Yes. Right. And because I am my brand. I was at the airport in Dominican. Someone recognized me there and was like, are you Jaden Kennedy, the realtor? Right. It's like I go out, I'm at Walmart, I'm at the mall. Like a lot of places that I go to, people recognize me. And I was actually, uh, I was in a Longos one day and um, a a mother-daughter duo recognized me. And they were like, this is actually a sign. We were seeing your content. We were thinking about reaching out to you. And this is my sign that we need to connect. So we exchange information and now we're talking because they want to buy a house, right? So it's social media has been amazing. It's one thing, (laughs) like you're just sitting in front of the camera recording yourself, but you have no idea the amount of people that is, you don't, you don't. Okay, so I want to talk about... um, what are your expectations mm-hmm. when you first started, when you were doing social media? Mm-hmm. Like, did you expect to like make deals right away or was it more community first? It was, it was community. It's still, it's always community, but I, being honest, number one, didn't realize how much money you can make in real estate, period. Number two, didn't realize how much traction I could get for my business from these reels. It was more, let me put out educational content. And then maybe month two or three, I started getting people asking, oh, can you give me advice on blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, like, Cool, right? Mm-hmm. But then it was about five or six months in. That's when I got my first legitimate lead and closed my first deal. And I was like, yo, this is Instagram. <laughs> I could be onto something, yeah. right? So um, yeah, it's been it's been great. And now it's like just compound interest. It's literally. like at least a, a lead a day I'm getting. It's to the a point where I cannot day. keep up with the leads that I'm getting, which is a great position to be in, <laughs> yeah. but it's only been like two and a half years of consistent content. So I have no idea what the future holds, um, but I'm at the point now where I'm implementing systems to make sure that other people are contacting my leads so that they don't get cold and I don't miss out on that business. Yes. yes. So what is consistent content in your strategy? How, what's yeah. it, like, how often are you posting? Mm-hmm. How often are you recording? Mm-hmm. How often are you editing? Does it feel like a full-time job? Let me it know. It does. It's starting to feel like a full-time job, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I used to do was post one time a week 
I could not come up with enough content ideas. And especially when you're new to the industry, which I, once again, when you get in, go on social media, you don't know what to talk about, mm -hmm. right? So I was going on Google searching like first time home buyer questions and all of these things because I didn't know what to talk about. But as you get more experience in the business, you'll know exactly what it is um, that you want to discuss. I'm not going to lie. Can you please repeat the question? Because I totally got <laughs> sidetracked there. So no, I was saying uh, like, what's your oh, uh, strategy when yes. it comes to like um, your frequency of frequency. content? Yeah, yeah. So I was doing one a week, couldn't come up with enough content. Um, so now I post, well, I was doing two a week actually. Now I switched to once a week, which is good. I, so you only post once a week? I only post once a week, but it feels like I post more yes, because I stay I, active on my stories. Okay. That's thing. I feel like I see you all the time. Yes, you will never not see me with a story. You and roast them, I see all the time. That that's amazing. That's music <laughs> to my ears. That means Instagram's doing what it needs yeah, to do, yeah, yeah. right? Um, so I'm posting stories all the time. I will never not have a story. Um, and then I'm recording content maybe like once a month. Okay. And what I'll do is I will take one day to write out all of my reels, and then the next day I will just bust them all out. I'll probably get like between six to ten reels on that day, and then that's six to ten weeks worth of content, right? Mm. So like I'm good till mid next year i would say now in terms mid of what i need year. to yeah so the beef is right because winter's coming and i have a bunch of content but i have content in like oh, summer clothes yeah. right so i'm trying to get rid of all the summer content so people aren't like why is this girl just True. recording you know um but yeah it's it's pretty pretty good wow, and there becomes a point where as you continue to grow for example i started the year i think it was like four or five thousand followers that's 15,000 followers that never saw the reel I posted yeah. last year. So you repurposed. Oh my own. gosh, I've been <laughs> repurposing and okay. it's been great, right? But I get even more traction now because I have way more followers. So someone might say, oh, this looks familiar, but to 90% of my following, it's brand new, wow, right? So that's that game. also helps. Yeah. Okay, amazing. So I want to ask, what has social media, like what other avenues has mm -hmm. it uh, brought you? Because I see you do public speaking. Yeah. Like, so what, what's going on there? Yeah, it's honestly, so I started because of community and I feel like it's just given me so many different opportunities and, and connections. Uh, the first one being, I'm a realtor, right? That's one stream of income. I do get uh, paid speaking engagements now. So people will reach out to me on social media. Hey, I like the content you put out. Please teach realtors about social media. Please teach youth about the importance of uh, focusing on academics and athletics so that they can get a scholarship. Uh, so that's sort of one avenue. Another one that I'm considering is a lot of people are asking me to do social media courses, right? So I'm at the point in my business right now where I have a lot of social media leads. I can't be focusing on these courses. I yeah. need to get my family foundation set first right. um, but I also foresee myself um, doing that and then I also just get invited to a lot of community events to to speak there and then sort of just a side thing was I'm very passionate about food and um, people were like oh where do you get all your food from so I started a YouTube channel and I would highlight like my favorite restaurants in Pickering my favorite restaurants in Ajax and what I would do is I would strategically post it on Instagram tag all of the restaurants, right? So the restaurants are now exposed to the video, but their consumers are also now exposed because they're sharing my video onto their platform, Ooh, right? So if someone has good. seen me before, it adds to the brand recognition because it's like, oh, Jaden talks about Durham, 
but she also goes to Fazios. Like, damn, okay, she's she's serious, right? She's actually in the community. Uh, and through that, I've also built really good relationships with the restaurant owners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also gotten a lot of free food. That's just like a side <laughs> thing, right? Like there's restaurants that reach out to me now. And I posted these videos maybe a year ago. And they're like, Jaden, come eat at my restaurant for free and make a video about it. Wow. So, so yeah. you're masterminding this whole uh, thing. Yeah, I don't know what I'm building, but it's, it's something cool for oh, sure. Oh, that's crazy. So this is a little bit of a selfish question. Okay. Um, I you mentioned that you do uh, paid speaking gigs, and yeah. I've gotten people to reach out to me recently about okay. like, you know like some speaking gigs. Yes. Right. How do you go about your pricing for your speaking speaking gigs? <laughs> so that's something that I'm currently working on. Okay. Um, my lawyer is very good at reminding me of what my value is. I would say that people have offered me slash given between one to five hundred dollars an hour. Ooh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So those are okay. the numbers that I I've been working that. with. Um, so I haven't done too, too many. I've probably done like maybe five or six of them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's definitely, I do one and I become exposed to other people who then want me to speak at their thing. So I have a pipeline of, of gigs and we'll sort of see where it goes. But once again, my main thing is real estate. So I will never take on something where I feel like a I'm going to be disservicing array. my clients. Um, but once again, it's just... Social media has created all of this, right? So it's a good problem to have. So are you like omnipresent, like the Instagram, TikTok, X, formerly known as Twitter? Are you on everything? I'm not on Twitter. Um, I TikTok, I just recycle my content. So I'll take what I put on Instagram and I'll post it on TikTok. I just find that TikTok doesn't necessarily have the demographic that I'm personally targeting. Um, I find that it's a lot of youth, right? And youth, I'm okay with. I go to schools, I teach kids about, you know, financial literacy, but um, social media, I use it a lot for people who are at the stage where they need to learn. They don't have someone in their household to learn from. So they're going to come directly to me. So mm-hmm. TikTok, it's more younger people, trolls. I feel like they don't really value my content as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Instagram is people who are are more ready to to get into the real estate Fair. game. It's so weird because uh, like I hear different answers from different people. Mm-hmm. Like for example, Royce, and correct me if I'm wrong, I could be, but yeah. he, I, I think he told me that he gets leads off of TikTok. Yes. Like his talk. Yeah goes pretty crazy yeah yeah. so like it's just it's just weird to say like like you you're saying like oh the audience is too young and for him it's working it's working tiktok is still something i haven't figured out Mm. i had a hot start i got to 30k quick oh like you know quick but now it's just like the the content's not sticking on tiktok how it was before before so i think yeah. they changed the algorithm and a little bit that's the thing with tiktok too i feel like they sort of gas you up a yeah, bit they they're did. like yo they let's push you. all your content and then not get as and much they make you work for it right? or pay for it yeah so with tiktok what i found which i'm gonna start doing next year a lot is people love the house tours instagram not as much so i True. think instagram i'm gonna stick with educational content and tiktok i'm gonna start doing more luxury house tours uh, and this is just a note for anyone who's in the industry who is afraid of getting on camera go record luxury house tours get yourself known as a luxury realtor i know a realtor he got two 10 million dollar listings just posting tiktoks his face is never even on the videos right so go record because not everyone you don't have access to these listings but because i'm licensed and the realtor's license they can go in those listings for free record content get thousands of views on their videos and get business that way too right Mm. so i feel like there's a lot of people who people are just making excuses there's so many ways to get active and make money on social media if you're not on social media 
you're not serious about making money. Yeah, <laughs> that's just my yeah, opinion. Yeah, hundred percent, and that's my take too. And you know what? The videos, personally, I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I always see the videos that realtors do, and I'm always watching them. It's the um, this this is the price in let's say Pickering, and this is the price in like Texas, and this mm-hmm. is like, the comparison. Yes, whole those are, yes. I'm always watching all through those type of mm-hmm. videos. So maybe I don't know if you could do that one day. That would be yeah, sick. I might tap into that. <laughs> this is a quick shout out to Elfie because I see her going yeah, to, the, to houses yeah, right, yeah, and yeah. she might be on that tip. So it's definitely something to consider for sure. True. So I, I have a screenshot here. Okay. And um, oh my gosh, what is it? <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not gonna read everything and not i'm not gonna read it all because okay. i don't want to give these people uh, uh limelight but it's okay. um it's a few negative comments that you posted in your story one time okay of people just trolling yes and i wanted to know like how do you deal with that mm. and or do you deal with that do yeah. you ever answer and how does it feel yeah so that's one thing when you go on video you have to have thick skin and i would say naturally as more eyes come to you more hate is gonna come i'd say for every 20, no, I'd say for every like 40 positive comments, I probably get one negative comment. Uh, and I just sort of let it go over my head. To be honest, I have a in, a note in my phone. Anytime someone DMs me like, oh, you have helped me change my financial situation. Like I screenshot it and I put it in that note. Yeah. And if someone puts <laughs> a very nasty comment in that just penetrates my soul, yeah. I go Has straight happened? to the Has note. Has it happened? Has it happened? Um, I've had a couple of them and it's like, for example, mm, I don't want to get too deep into it, but like, for example, family matters, right? Like there's certain, um, fake accounts, uh, fake accounts. Yes. Where they're just, they just throw stuff at everyone though. And they try to see what sort of sticks. It's not like it's just personally to me, but like sometimes I'll see something and I'm like, damn, but 99% of the time it's like about my appearance. Oh, she sounds like a man. She looks like this, da, 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 da. Right. And it's like, okay, you're hating. But at the same time, I just made 10 K for posting this video. So I actually don't care. (laughs) Right. Um, But no, that's one thing that people have to know is once you become more active on social media, the trolls and the haters are going to naturally come, but you just have to, I have my why in my head and I just totally think about my why whenever I face those types of negative comments, but it's going to happen. Amazing. And quite often. Amazing. So for, let's say for the realtor, realtors that are more introverted, shy, quiet. Yeah. Um, when it comes to recording yourself, like for me, it was super, it was cause I'm super introverted. It was, it was hard. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. so I would trip up on my words or what have you, but it took, it definitely took practice, but what type of advice, do you have for those inter, uh, introverted like real estate agents? Real estate agents. Yeah, what I would say, honestly, especially, I feel like this is a big pain point with mortgage people specifically because with realtors, we're more consumer facing, whereas with mortgage people, They're we're behind. more behind our computers, right? True. So we're not as consumer facing. Um, I would just say, like, know what you're talking about. That's the first thing, because when you know what you're talking about, you're going to gain more confidence to actually speak about it. Um, But then number two, I used to just practice like talking to my friends, right? Mm -hmm. I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to post a reel about this. Like, I just want to have a conversation with you about this topic. Right. And then I get more comfortable discussing it. And I say, you know what, let me just voice note it. Right. So I'd start recording a voice note. I hated how I sounded, but you just have to let that go. Right. Cause at the end of the day, you just have to get started. Uh, so I would record voice notes. And then when I was ready, I would put a camera up and I would just pretend that I was having that same conversation with my friends. Have you ever used like the teleprompter apps or anything like that? No, <laughs> no. And I just want to warn people with those. Like sometimes I see realtors and they're posting a reel like this and I'm like yo thanks for posting that reel because you look like you don't know what you're talking about so don't I I'm not a fan of the teleprompter okay fair 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 so I noticed um I think in your story you uh, you mentioned something 
uh, about like, hey guys, like you don't need like super video quality or graphics popping out. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Even though I do content for a living, I completely agree Mm -hmm. because it's not about the quality of the video. It's about the content. Can you speak more on that? Yeah, I think that especially as entrepreneurs, when we get into the business, we don't realize the amount of fees that are associated with being licensed in Ontario, right? So if you don't have the funding to get the professional videographers and photographers, you just have to get on camera. And that's what I did in the beginning. And I actually found I've tried the professional content editing before and I have asked my my followers what resonates with you more what do you like and they have told me that they just like me talking to the screen and not having the flashy edit so that's why I continued with that the majority of realtors they don't get that feedback that people would prefer to have the more you know clean look with all of those those captions and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, but I just started and I said you know what let me try to sort of stray away (laughs) from what I'm used to doing let me get bougie (laughs) and then people put me back into my humble place and they're like no you don't need to be bougie like just be yourself Uh, and they also feel like it's a bit more relatable so Mm -hmm. that that's the exact thing to be honest and i'm going to be 100 transparent Mm -hmm. is that i even tell my clients this is like if you get like say a professional video package for Mm -hmm. me don't let that be all that you're putting out Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day when you see something that's too polished in the in our subconscious it's like okay they're still selling to me yes right yeah selling yeah selling so now when you have um now, when you have your iPhone content, mm-hmm. it's more like you said, authentic. It's relatable. It's like, oh, this person um, is just shot of this off for her or his iPhone and whatever. Like, it's not like they're not selling me right yeah. now, right? Yeah. So I always tell them mix it up because it makes a big difference. And uh, Royston, he does a great job at mixing it up. Mondays he'll pro- uh, post that professional video, and then throughout the whole week he'll just do videos from his phone. Exactly. I think that works. No, it's the thing is people don't want to be sold to, right? Exactly. And by putting out educational content, people are essentially, I don't want to sound conceited, but they're sold on me, right? So as opposed to me going brand. out, yeah, right? <laughs> so it's like as opposed to me going out trying to to chase clients, clients are naturally coming to me. I don't have to sell them anything because they see the value that I'll provide them when they're my client because they see the amount of value that I provide through free content. It's like if Jaden's giving this much game and it's free, Imagine what it would be like to actually work with her. And when you're buying a house, using a realtor is free. So that's just a plug for myself, whatever camera I should look to. Like (laughs) using me as a realtor is free when you're going to buy a house. So why not hire a realtor, right? Exactly. So take me through the process of content to lead to sold. Content to lead to sold. Okay, so I'll give you guys an example of a few DMs that I get. I'll get DMs. Hey, Jaden, I've been following you for two years. I have a $1.2 million house I want to sell. I want you to sell it. Come to my house and let's sign a contract. Okay, so that literally happened like this year, right? Um, And then I get other messages. Hey, I have a pre-approval. I'm ready to buy a house. Let's go. Then I get other messages where it says, hey, um, I'm interested in learning about how to get into the real estate industry. Let's talk, right? So we'll have a conversation. I'll probably send them to Royston or something like that and sort of just keep them warm. But my biggest thing on social media is just keeping in contact and being relatable. So if someone reaches out to me saying, hey, I'm interested in real estate, we'll have that conversation. But it's it's more about just nurturing. And then eventually there comes a point where once again, I don't sell. Someone will just be like, you know what? You crossed my mind. I'm thinking of buying a house. I want to work with you. But it's the relatability thing. So they slide in the DMs. I used to, this is another thing. I used to slide in people's DMs and be like, hey, thanks for the follow. Appreciate you. Now I'm sort of growing at a rate where it's it's really yeah, hard to keep hard. up that's with hard. that. Um, 
But yeah, I let people come in and then I'm po constantly posting relatable stuff. Guys, I'm 6'2". It's impossible to find <laughs> jeans. Look, I just bought jeans on sale from Zara. Go to Zara. Yeah. People, women who are over 6'2", who I've never met in person. Oh my gosh, you're 6'2". I'm 6'2", too. Oh, my son is 6'8". Da, 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 da. You know, and the natural conversations sort of come. And then eventually, I don't know how it always comes back to real estate. It just does. Okay, right. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Okay. No selling, but being relatable. here's a, a tool that you might want to look into. It's called many chats. Have you heard of it? Many chat. Okay. I thought that's a Facebook thing. No, but no, continue. you can use it for Instagram. Oh, so, okay. so you can, you can do a bunch of things, but uh, you can set it off for a bunch of different triggers. And if you still want to send a message after people follow you, you can set a, set that up as an automated thing. So when people okay. follow you, it'll trip out the trigger and I'll be like, hey, thanks for following my page, uh, whatever you want to say. Okay, so, look at you putting me <laughs> on game. Okay, thank so you. So you can try that because... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, many chats have been around for like about a year and a half, two years, and I see some people that are still use it. So okay, still, and getting okay. some good traction. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, that yeah, tip. Yeah, <laughs> no worries. So I want to ask about the current market right now. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Interest rates took a halt. Like it didn't go up or yes. down. And that was about, let's okay, say. okay, Mr. Realtor. <laughs> that was about a week ago yes, or so. Yes, So what's going on in the real estate space that you're seeing? Mm -hmm. And is a good time to buy? Is a good time to sell? Like what are, what are we dealing with? Yeah, okay. So if you're looking to sell, I would not recommend selling right now. I would wait just because the issue is as interest rates go up, people's buying power goes down, which naturally means that what they can pay for your property is going to go down also. So if you don't need to sell your house and you want to get the most amount of money for your property, I would wait until buyers are a bit more confident in the market. And that's going to come with consistent interest rate pauses and eventually down. Once interest rates go down, I think the floodgates are going to open and property values are going to go up. Uh, if you're a first time home buyer right now is a great time to get into the market because since interest rates are so high, a lot of people just cannot qualify to buy a house, period. So if you're in a position where you can qualify, you're going to have less competition. Your down payment's going to be lower. Your overall purchase price is going to be lower uh, and you can put in what is known as a condition. So you can get a home inspection. You can mm -hmm. confirm that the bank's going to give you money before when the market was hot, you just had to go in and say, look, no inspection, no nothing. And that's where I've seen people purchase properties where there needs to be twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of stuff or money invested into them. So overall, people think like, oh, there's a market crash, da da da. It's not a crash, it's a correction. Yeah. And we're just seeing lower house prices because interest rates are higher. So the government's doing, you know, what they need to do and it, it is working to an extent. Do we know the long-term implications of that? Not necessarily. Um, but it's it's a great time to get into the market because once rates go down, house prices are going to go up and you're going to be paying way more for your property. Okay. Okay. I know this is a more of a mortgage question, Okay. but like when it comes to a fixed rate and variable rate, I yeah. guess because the rates are so high, it'll probably be in your best interest to take that variable. It's so that's a great question. The thing is, we don't have a crystal ball, right? So for my house, I took variable because historically variable rates are lower than the fixed rates because you're willing to take on more risk. Yeah. I took it right before the rates started going up, oh. right? So it's like one rate, two rate, three. And I was like, ah, 
should I lock in? And then it just kept going up and now I'm just, you know, stuck. You're high. Um, I'm, yes, I'm very high. <laughs> and so, sorry, um, not to cut you off. How, like in dollar amount, how much has that mortgage mm, gone up a month? Mm -hmm. So my interest rate was about 2% when I purchased. Yeah. Um, now I'm at about 6%. Um, I'm paying about $2,000 more a month for my house <laughs> than when I first purchased the on property. On top of what? Yeah, on top of my, yeah. So my mortgage is about $5,000 a month right now. For my house. Do you have a rent? Do you? Uh, so yeah. So I residence? actually, I'm lucky <laughs> enough to live at home with my parents. Uh, so I have. It's a duplex. Okay. Yes. I bought a house that has two units, so I could have multiple streams of income. Um, both of them are paying me rent. I'm still cash flow negative. So essentially, for the viewers who aren't familiar with, I know you know that yeah. now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically, uh, the rent that I'm making does not cover my mortgage payments. But at the end of the day, real estate is a long-term game, and the yes. value of the property is gonna go up. So I'm not too worried. Um, but back to the fixed versus variable. A lot of people were taking variable because historically, but right now we're at a crazy time post COVID. Mm -hmm. So I would, if you cannot stomach fluctuations, I would say maybe do like a two, three year fixed rate. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can sort of go from there. Variable, I think variable rates, rates are going to go down some point next year. So as long as you're okay with that, go with it. But I just think that I've learned a lot of people cannot stomach the, the fluctuation, including myself. We'll have to see like <laughs> how I feel. But I was just at the tail end of a historic increase that just completely obliterated all my cash flow. Oh, so geez. Okay. that's great. But you never want to buy a house where you don't take into consideration the fluctuations, right? Because I knew that if rates went up, I'd still be able to afford it. Did I project $2,000 a month? Like definitely not. <laughs> uh, but luckily I have renters who are paying off my mortgage for me. Okay, amazing. Mm -hmm. So again, this is another selfish question. Sure. And I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong. So let's say like my mom's uh, mortgage renewal comes up soon, Okay. right? So she now has to what, start again? Like, like this, how does that work? It's well, she can get a different rate, right? She can get a different interest. Because hers was fi fixed. Okay, yeah. So does now she does she have the option to go variable or she could choose, yeah. She could choose what she rate? wants. Yeah. So so that's that is you are talking about when I was saying I don't know what the long-term implications of this are. The issue is there's some people who locked in one percent, two percent, three percent. And now, yeah, and now she's gonna renew at like a crazy high rate. So there's some people who bought at the max of their budget with the lowest rate, and once they have to go renew their mortgages, they're gonna be slapped with probably thousands, multiple thousands more monthly. And are they going to be able to afford that or do they need to offload the property? Mm. Now, I don't know. When did your mom buy like a while oh, ago? No, or? This is like at least 15 years. Okay. Ago. So she should be, she should be okay because her overall purchase price is going to be significantly lower than what a lot of people pay during COVID. Yeah. Uh, but that's one of the biggest things that I'm personally worried about is mortgage renewals are coming up and I don't think people are going to be able to stomach the increase in the payments. In addition, there's a pre-construction, right? So that's where you can purchase a property. It's basically a contract before it's even built. Once it's built, you take over. Now the issue is rates were so low, people were purchasing pre-construction saying, oh, I can close on it, no problem. But now the time is coming to close and for the next two to three years, closings are gonna come up yeah. and people are not gonna be able to close on their properties. So what they're either gonna do is- Foreclose it or? So they're gonna lose their deposit 100% and then they could get sued by the builder for the difference in whatever the builder resells the property Ooh. for. Now there's some people who use a strategy of, oh, I'm gonna buy pre-construction. I know I'm not gonna be eligible to buy it when I close. So I'm gonna sell it to someone else for a bit of a profit before I need to close. That's considered an assignment. That sounds like 
an issue. Risky though. Very risky, <laughs> especially because no one was predicting interest rates to go as high as they are now. So right now in this very moment, if you're someone who has a lot of cash, I'm talking 20, 30, 40% cash down for a house, you can get some really good deals because there's people who bought when rates were low thinking they're going to assign it. But because rates are so high and house prices are inflated, no one's touching them. So there's a lot. I know Royston has some people in that situation. I've had people reach out to me, uh, but that also goes back to working with a professional who's going to ensure you're not severely overpaying for a property and someone who makes sure you're qualified to close on a property or knows that you have a plan to be qualified to close uh, prior to purchasing, right? Because if you just buy a property thinking you can assign it, what happens when you can't assign it? You might lose hundreds of thousands of dollars. And if someone pulled, for example, your mom bought 15 years ago, if she pulls money out of that property to buy a pre-construction, right? Then the value of her property goes down and the pre-construction price goes up. I mean, goes lower. The bank's not going to provide the funding for the pre-construction and you took money out of your house, so now it's a double whammy, and you're you're in a very bad situation. Yo, that sounds so, crazy. Yeah. So I'm guessing like this is why the stress test is actually important. Yes, yes. I mean, but the stress test at the end of the day, it can only do so much, right? Um, but with pre-construction, it's harder to use the stress test because there's just so much more time in between when you sign the contract and when it's completed. But the stress test is is there for a reason. We got to protect our people as much as we can. Jeez. Okay. So. Whenever I talk to realtors, um, I always ask, like, you know, what's going on? Yeah. And what What do they suggest? This yeah. and that, different yeah. strategies. But I always ask, okay, what's your strategy in real estate? My strategy in real estate is always purchase a property that has multiple streams of income, right? Because mortgage payments, 10 years ago, the average house, I'm just using Durham stats here, 350. Fast forward to today, it's 850,000. The monthly mortgage payments are, yes, significantly different, right? So it's just like, I need to purchase a house where I know I can have at least one renter in there. Even if they're giving me $1,500 a month towards my mortgage, that's what I need to do. Um, So I purchased my duplex. I do foresee myself buying a property maybe next year or the year after but it's also going to give me multiple streams of income because mortgage payments nowadays it's almost impossible to be able to carry like five thousand dollars a month for my property right there's no way i could take on yeah another property if i don't have other people helping me pay off that mortgage too wow so multi-family a hundred percent that's what you got to do okay so overall good time to still get in yes as a buyer i'm as telling a buyer, you as a buyer yes yes once rates go down yeah prices are going to go up and it's going to be very hard you're going to be competing with a lot of people okay so mark i'm telling you this this podcast is going to age well you guys can <laughs> reference this podcast in a year i'm telling okay. you okay <laughs> because obviously this podcast is called black is the new rich and um i seen a stat the other day it said the average black person owns a home at the age of 40 Okay. So, and I, and uh, the guy was commenting on that stat and he said, you know what, if you're a black or brown, you need to get in. So you can't be worried about what's going on out Mm -hmm. there because we've got to close this wealth gap. Mm -hmm. Right. Do Mm -hmm. you agree? I a hundred percent agree. And that's why I got into real estate. Right. I feel like a lot of different uh, cultures, they have someone in their household who's financially literate. Unfortunately, within certain communities, including our own, we might not have someone in our household who can provide that information for us. Uh, So we're, you know, trying to share (laughs) the knowledge and the wealth and help people build wealth now, because if real estate on average doubles every 10 years, if you wait 10 years to get into a property, it's 
no longer going to be 800,000. It's probably going to be 1.6 million and it's going to be that much harder to, to get, get into in. the game, right? So I just think that in our community, we have this narrative of renting versus, you know, over ownership, but we really need to change that mindset because if we want to create success and opportunities for future generations, we need to be the ones to pioneer that, that change. And it's beautiful being in real estate and really educating first time buyers. I work with a lot of, I even worked with 18 and 19 year olds to buy properties, wow. right? So I'm starting to see our generation really getting into real estate, but we need to see more of that before it's too late. Amazing. Are you into land purchasing at all or? I personally don't do land purchases. If someone wants to purchase land, um, they can go through a realtor that I sort of refer out. Another thing is that with land purchases, you need a lot more capital, right? So okay. with like a um, house with a um, property with a house on it, you could put between, let's say five and 20% down, but because lands, there's a lot more, um, I guess, risk associated in terms of is the project going to complete, is the land even buildable, et cetera, you're going to need a lot more down. So I've heard between 30, 40, 50, even, uh, someone couldn't get any bank financing. So they needed a hundred percent of the capital to oh, buy sure. that land. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, Jaden, I want to ask you a completely random question. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Just to see, like, you know, I'm just asking sometimes completely random questions just to see the personality behind it. Okay. Question, all right? Okay. So, I'm going to ask. If you could swap lives with any fictional character for a day, who would it be and what would you, what would you do in their world? Okay. You tell us, you tell us your answer first. Uh, it would probably be Spider-Man. Okay. Just because I would be able to go everywhere, see everything, use my webs and fight bad guys. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's great. If I'm being honest, I don't really watch movies. Yeah, me neither, to be honest. Books. So it could be a childhood character. I, I don't even want to give something lame. Like I really only watch like Dora and stuff. Like I'm not even trying to say Dora like that, but you know, she has like backpack and all that. I don't know. I'm going to cringe. I'm going to watch this and cringe, but I can't even, I'm blinking out right now. I don't know. Okay, fair, fair. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. So the next two questions um, I want to, I ask every guest on the show. Yeah. And you obviously don't have to say any names. Yeah. What is the best advice that you receive? Okay. And what is the worst advice you receive? Again, you don't have to say Which one do you want first? I want the worst. You want the worst. Okay. The worst advice I received, it was from a high school teacher, not going to name his name, but he <laughs> told me to only focus on school, not athletics, because becoming or getting a scholarship is just a dream and that I'm not going to get a scholarship. Ooh. So he said statistics what, what, were working against this? me. This was like uh, 14, 15. That's detrimental. And you're already playing volleyball then? Uh, yeah, I was playing volleyball. It wasn't detrimental because I was like, I'm using that as motivation. Yeah. And you know what? Now I go back to that high school and I teach students about how to become professional athletes. Yes. Uh. Yeah. So like he he tried to really bring me down. And that's that's another thing, right? It's just you have to have a hard mindset and you have to know what it is that you want to do. And you have to sort of block out all of that noise. But it's like, if I had to listen to him and said, you know what, let me give up on volleyball. I wouldn't have gotten my scholarship. I wouldn't have made the connections that I made. I wouldn't have learned about how to build wealth through real estate. And I probably wouldn't be here with you today. Yeah, right. Wow, so crazy. that was probably the worst advice. Um, the best advice that I've gotten is just to be a lifelong learner. Um, I think that's really important. I feel like in school, right, the system is set up in a way where we're not necessarily passionate about what we're learning about. So to have the idea of being a lifelong learner when I was younger, 
it didn't really resonate with me. But as I got older, I realized, especially in the real estate industry, you always have to be on top of everything and not just real estate to statistics to stay, you know, up with your competition, but also just learning emotionally and mentally and really just how to be a good person, how to have conversational skills, how to network. Because if you're not constantly learning and developing, then you're just going to become stagnant. Right. Mm. And I, I don't like being stagnant. So what does your learning look like today? Like, are you doing personal development courses? Like what, what's going on? Yeah, I would say that I'm doing a lot of um, I buy a lot of realtor courses. So people who are really good on social media, I like to learn from them. So even though I'm doing well with social media. There's always a lot of people who are doing better than you. Um, I love to listen to podcasts uh, like Jay Shetty, right? Yeah, That's Shetty like too. a very unique podcast that when I was younger, if you told me that I would be listening to self-development podcasts, I'd probably laugh, right? Mm -hmm. But those, they just fill the soul, yes, right? And once again, people are so vulnerable and you realize that even people at the highest levels, they're facing the same struggles that I am, right? And they sort of provide a blueprint so you don't have to reinvent the wheel type of thing. Uh, and then also a lot of reading. I love mm. to read. I never used to love reading, but well, that's what because- What books are you reading right now? I'm rereading How to Win Friends and Influence People. I don't know so if I you've heard read. That's it's Is a it banger. No, not Napoleon. No, it? I honestly, I'm so bad with names. I don't want to give the wrong name. Okay, yeah, but no yes, worries, but How I've to Win it. Friends and Influence People is a really good book. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad yeah, was I another love, one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good um, one. And then I would say Never Split the Difference. It's a negotiation book. So okay. those are my three top books, but I would say um, how to win friends and influence people. Just if you want to become a better communicator, better business person, better partner, whatever it is, that is a must read book okay. for sure. Amazing. What's your favorite book? Um, my favorite book. Wow. Well, it's not business related, Okay. but my favorite book was the autobiography of Malcolm X. Okay. Yeah. Just okay. because his story was so, it's crazy to me. And it's one of my favorite people, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. But a book that I'm reading right now is called I'm um, about halfway through the 22 immutable laws of branding. Okay. I haven't yeah, heard yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So what's, what's it about? The, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm sure it's about branding. I yeah, guess yeah. it's about branding and just uh, how to brand, what not to do when like, for example, like, like black is the new rich is a brand, right? And yeah. it's a podcast. We have some merch, but sometimes people, the point, the uh, point of the book where I'm at now is like some companies fall off because they try to do too much. Like for mm. example, if we're doing a podcast then I'll do something like a trucking company and I'll expand yeah. that way. And the book is saying stick to that one thing Yeah. because when you start like um, extending in that way, that's when you start to lose your market share and your original thing. Mm. So like just, it's, I don't know, that's, it, it's, super valuable even like the the color theories and all that and how you tell your story and stuff like that so i'm trying to apply that to here right now so you recommend it oh yeah for sure okay oh, that yeah, reminds me sure. there's one other book it's called the one thing yeah that's also a really good book because okay. it's like we don't want to be a jack of all trades right we really want to master one thing yes. and if we yes. can you know branch off of that then awesome but when people start trying to do too much, too much. then and that's, that's you, when it that's how you fall off yes like for example like one of i i actually don't watch his podcast um but i love his podcast business model okay joe rogan okay right? yes. only because he's been in the game for 15 years mm -hmm. and he's never swayed from like his topics or his style of interviewing mm -hmm. and i feel like okay you know what so he's done that for 15 years i'm not gonna ever call it quits till i at least get to year 10 I love that. Right. I love that. Because yeah. compound interest. Yes. And, and he's made a hundred and plus million off his podcast that mm -hmm. hasn't changed really. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right. No, a lot of people have potential, but I feel like they they stop too soon. Right. They're not seeing the traction, so they don't actually realize their potential. So I'm glad that you have the long term perspective and you're like at least 10 years. A hundred percent. Also, I have another question. That I okay. just thought about. Oh, my gosh. Don't ask <laughs> me about animated characters. Yeah, this no, Dora no. thing is like haunting me right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. No worries. So how like for let's say the realtor that's posting content it's not necessarily seeing the numbers that they would like yes and it takes a little bit of an ego hit right yeah like oh no nah, not getting traction not getting comments yeah how attached are you to your numbers mm. when it comes to creating content mm. yeah i'm not it's I used to be attached to the numbers, but now it's just a strictly business perspective for me. I'm analyzing numbers. And if something doesn't get traction, I don't take it to heart. I say, maybe this is a topic that doesn't resonate with my consumers, right? Because at the end of the day, I know the amount of traction it is that I can get. And I'm starting to find that I'm still throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. If something doesn't get the traction that I want, I just note that, hey, maybe this doesn't resonate with my consumer base. Or I've noticed that as my following continues to grow, people don't care about the basic stuff anymore. The people I'm attracting are more educated. They're growing with me, right? So the content that used to work, some of it still works, but others, I have to start switching it up because people sort of understand that and don't feel like it provides as much value as it did before that's Um, a tricky place to be it is a very tricky place to be but i i just have to throw this out here buying instagram followers yeah no don't do that and that hurts your engagement exactly okay i'll give you an example yes so i have fifty-three thousand followers on instagram right this guy's bigging me up for 20k you have fifty-three thousand followers but i'm gonna (laughs) tell you why it hurts me and i can be vulnerable about it so i came up off of nude photography yes so the majority of my followers are for nude photography Mm -hmm. right they're not fake but they're not there for what i do now what you do now yes yes and it's killing my engagement okay because those followers are like they're probably like what the hell is this content okay i see you're a community person now yeah yeah so it's absolutely killing uh my engagement so that just goes to show whether you buy uh fake followers please don't do it mm-hmm. because at the end of the day if your followers are not there for your message yeah it will destroy your content your content 100 percent. i just think once again we're using social media to build credibility if i go on someone's social media page and i'm like oh because you can buy the the check marks too right mm-hmm. now um but if i go on someone's social media page and i see a lot of followers and very little engagement it almost comes off to me as okay it did someone buy these followers or do they genuinely just not get a lot of engagement, right? So would you ever delete your yo, old content? Telling, yo, it's not even about deleting the old old content. For me, I'm at such a crossroad with starting a new page. Mm, do it. You think? Do it. Start the new page. Because everyone who starts with you is going to be there for that content. You're going to get more engagement and that's going to bring more people okay, to your so page. I do, okay, so I do have a content creates cash page, right? Okay. But it's hard to get people over there now because mm. I feel like I have they have, I have blackest in the rich. Yeah, I have the Corey Cash page. Yeah, I have content creates cash. It's you have too lot, many pages. I have too many pages. So I, th- I I think if I get rid of Corey Cash and just make it the content creates creates cash as just me, mm. then maybe that'll work. But I'm just I'm at such a crossroad with it because blackest in the rich page the engagement is crazy. Like there's even uh, this point last year I was at. 1.5 million accounts reached per month. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, because I had one Amazing. viral. I, had, I did have one viral Okay, that's post. fine. You still got the viral yeah, post. Yeah, yes, I got yes. the viral post, so I don't, I don't use that as a metric that I, I kind of, like, expect. Yeah. But my engagement on that page is amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Corey Cash is horrible because the followers and the content doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're the content king. Okay. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to switch over accounts and we're going to start fresh. Start fresh. I think, yes. <sighs> I'm attached to it though. I'm attached that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the hard part. And you know, okay. You know what the hard part is too? I'll be honest is that uh, over the five years of me doing photography yeah. or six years, uh, I've actually lost all my work or 90% of it because my hard drive conked out. Oh, so the majority of your work is on, on my Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, that's it's hard. hard. So I, I traveled all the uh, all over the world shooting. Okay. So it's hard to yeah. let go because I'm like, okay, if I let go of this, I could archive it, which is cool. But yes. Like, it's, that's it. That's still your work. That's yeah. my work. Jeez. I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> people listening to this podcast, what, <laughs> what, what advice are we giving him? <laughs> yeah. What should he be doing? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one that I'm going through. But um, anyways. Jaden, I do want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure. You, I think you gave great information today. And uh, shit, let's try to get you to like 100K, what, by next year? Yes, 100K? that would be amazing. <laughs> 100K is definitely the goal. We'll see how 100K, it goes. Right? We'll see. And um, before you go, can you let everyone know where to find you? Yes, you can find me, Jaden Kennedy Real Estate, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of that fun stuff. And if you are new to content creation and you're going to be on multiple platforms, stick with the same name yes. so you're easy to find. Yes, that's a big one. Um, is there anything that you want to let us know that's coming up that we should look out for or anything like that? Uh, just look out for my new reels. Follow <laughs> me on Jaden Kennedy Real Estate. You never know what's going to come up. Um, but yeah, I would I would just say to, to check out my content. Black on black. Get a fast, that facts on facts.